Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, December 17, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a similar situation on the docket today to the one we've had recently, which is the trend is your friend. We all know about that situation. So the trend is your friend until it's over. The trend is the dominant force. The trend continues to pull the market upward. We're on another breakout. They've broken above the former high. We gapped up this morning and basically stayed in the same spot all day long. If you're looking for today's candle, you have to look right up near the top of the page all the way up here, this little tiny candle, it's very narrow, meaning the range today from high to low was very, very small, and the market basically closed where it opened today within reason. At the end of the day, however, the S&P 500, the cash index, was up 21 points today, a little more than one half of 1%. The market continues to grind higher. Therefore, we have to discuss what we do with this, how do we read the tape, do you just hop on from here and hope the market goes higher? The answer is not if you treat your money like a business. If you're already long, that's fine. You ride the wave until the wave breaks, but you don't get on the wave when everybody else is coming to the conclusion of their ride. Here's how we're going to look at this. The former high is 371.05. That's this candle right here. The date is the 9th of December. High, 371.05, that's our former high. That's now an important number if they come back to run a test, meaning since technically speaking it is a former breakout area, they will eventually come back to run a test of said area. The question is, when do they do it? The second question is, from what price do they do it? The third question is, when they do it, does it hold or does it fail? It would then be considered, and this is a hypothetical situation, it would then be considered a failed breakout if in fact the market ran up, came back to run a test, and the test didn't work, the test failed, they would come back inside of 371.05 on a daily closing basis. It normally will start first hourly and morph into the daily chart, and then something else will likely be developing at the time. The market is in the middle of a melt-up. How high can it go? When will it get there? We don't know the answers to these questions. Time is more important than price. I have a relatively decent idea of when the market might turn. Doesn't mean I'm going to be right, but it's not necessarily right here, right now. In between now, now and current price, and when that time period does occur, the market can move a lot of points. We're in the middle of a melt-up on a breakout. How do you know, how do I know, how does anybody know where the stopping point is when you're at new highs? We don't know. The market will stop when it decides to stop. We can figure out 10 ways till Sunday what the number is. 55 people can put a number on the board of where the market might stop. One or two might be right or close to being right, but before that all happened, it was basically a guess. We just don't know. We can reverse engineer how they arrived at that number and the reason they stopped at that number after the fact. 
The problem is we don't know before the fact, which makes it a mystery, which gives the market the allure that it has. We touched a little on it yesterday. We're going to do it again today. Don't get hung up in Joe's indicator shop. He's obviously going to be running a holiday sale. Buy three indicators, get two free. There's a lot of information floating around. There's a lot of people calling for a crash. There's a lot of people calling for a high. There's a lot of people calling for all kinds of things like overbought this, slow stochastic that, RSI this, rising wedge, MACD, Fibonacci extensions, Elliott Wave, wrong again. The list goes on and on and on. It makes no sense to guess using those hocus pocus tools that are simply lagging indicators or a labeling system. All you have to do is look at price. Did we get below a certain number? Did we get above a certain number? If we get below a certain number, then we can expect a certain thing to happen next. If we stay above certain numbers, they're in a breakout in float mode. We're not going to guess at anything. We've been here before. I've seen this many, many times. It's best and the most healthiest thing to do is not drive yourself bananas. What's going to happen one day is either A, we're going to wake up to a big gap down and that's going to be it, or B, and this is the more likely scenario, it likely starts with a gap and crap type of scenario or some kind of hourly chart or even a 10, 15, half an hour chart reversal candle that morphs into an hourly chart candle and it goes from there. And by the time you know it, you finish the day at the lows. Next scene shows the news cycle turns. Next scene shows you got a gap down the next day and that's all she wrote. We'll identify it in real time and inside the numbers members will have a beat on the scenario. Just a little bit of a different flavor. Here's the 120 minute chart. What's it doing? Basically, we had a gap up and they went sideways all day long. So what is that in English? What's that in layman's terms? Here's a flagpole as the move up. And this is on a micro scale. It's not a huge gap up, but this is what it is. We work with the numbers. We work with the distance between numbers. We work with the chart patterns that are developed that the chart is giving us. We don't create them. We don't wish for them. We just operate under the conditions that the market provides. So we have a gap up and a flagpole. What happens next? We go sideways. What does that create? It creates a flag. So we have a pole and a flag, hence a bull flag pattern. What generally happens with a bull flag pattern? It has a continuation move in the upward direction. What happens if the bull flag pattern is broken in the southern direction? Well, nothing just yet. Why is that? Let me explain. Let's say the market comes down. Let's say it comes down tomorrow, Monday, it doesn't really matter. Let's say it fills the gap and never really gets much below the gap, never closes a 120-minute candle below the gap, never closes an hourly candle below the gap. Therefore, the market would have run down, run a test, fill the gap, whatever you want to call it, turn around and go back up in the other direction. While it's no longer a bull flag pattern, it doesn't make any difference. That doesn't change the fact that they do those things over and over and over again. So here's the way we read it. Here's the way we look at it. Here's the way we will be approaching it inside the numbers. We have what we have. The market's going sideways. Fair enough. If they start to come down and they fill the gap, we're simply watching for how they act and react around the gap. 
Do they start trading below the gap? Do they start closing below the gap? Candles below the gap? Hourly and so on? That changes the picture. If they bounce off the gap, then it was just a test and they come right back up. And therefore, the next thing that should happen is another continuation move in the northern direction. They came down to make a scare at the gap, maybe a paltry attempt to fill the gap today. They didn't get there and they went back in the other direction. We, as in Inside the Numbers members, were waiting with open hands at the gap. I wasn't willing to step in on the long side considering how high the market is on the chart. I wasn't willing to step in before the gap, but I was willing to step in at the gap. There really wasn't a lot going on inside the numbers today, but we will take a look. I want to show you the commentary. I want to show you stocks on the move each and every day. We look at the good, the bad, the ugly. Some days are better than others, but what we're doing here is we're laying everything out on the line. It's a what you see is what you get scenario. I get asked for a trial of inside the numbers quite a bit. My response is always the same. I show the thing every single night. I show it in its entirety. I show the commentary and I show stocks on the move. Therefore, you see the thing every single day so you know whether you want it or not. That is, in fact, as good as a trial. The only difference between what I'm doing and a trial is you just don't get it for free. I'm not in the free business. I'm a believer that if you want it, you'll come and get it. It's kind of like this. You either want it or you don't. All right, back to the commentary. Happy Thursday. They're green and comfortably over the next big fat round numbers. That was ES3700 and SPY370. They're psychological numbers. They're fat and the market got over them today. Opened over them and stayed over them for the most part. Opened above, stayed above. And of course, the trend is your friend until she turns on you. All right, let's look at the early thoughts. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Not a lot of mystery this morning. We've got a market pushing higher in classic float mode fashion. We're also getting into that holiday float mode fashion. So if you're curious, and you're going to see this later in the notes, if you're curious what next week's going to look like, it's probably in large part going to look like today. The numbers are straightforward. We got the big ones, 3,700 and 370. We just talked about that. They represent their own importance, meaning they're not the same numbers. They each have their own reason for support. And when one market is at the number, the other market is not at the same number. On a pullback, there's clear support that keeps the band playing on. We just talked about that. So everything I'm teaching here, I'm reiterating and teaching inside the numbers throughout the trading day. This is the three pillar approach. You learn the foundation of how the market works by taking the lazy e-mini trader course. Then you watch these videos each and every night. It's continuing education. It's adult education. And then inside the numbers is part of a PhD. So we have the gap at 370.76. Could be debatable exactly where the gap is. It's within pennies of that, depending on what chart you look at. Just underneath is the same number we were focused on yesterday for resistance before they got through it was 370.35. So therefore, it would again be a retest from above that number running a test. If they got below the gap, that was a secondary spot. It's not that far away. It's only 50 cents below, not even, maybe 41 cents if you're doing the current mathematics. And then we would have the psychological price of 370 below that. So the concept here, and if you read between the lines, is there's a lot of support down there. 
They start trading below that, closing candles below that. Something entirely different is unfolding, and we're obviously talking about it at the time anyway. So that's the pre-market setup. That's the early thoughts. When you show up in the morning, you have to show up in uniform. You get the lay of the land. You want to know what the game plan is before the market opens for business. We had a little late adjustment on one of the stocks on the move, started trading down closer to the opening bell. So I had a little bit of commentary. We'll get to the stocks on the move later. The SPY was in float mode. It started in float mode and basically stayed in float mode. What's float mode, you ask? It's similar to a chop shop formation. There's no conviction either way. It's light volume, and the basically the computers are trading the market back and forth. Now, I realize there's people trading the market, but basically what happens is it's playing ping pong back and forth, and you can't get a sense for what the market is going to do because it's not putting in any kind of a clear pattern indicating that it's got conviction to go do one thing or the other. Float mode slash chop shop formation. By 9.54, we want to reiterate the price of importance is SPY 370.76, give or take. If visited, there should be a lineup of buyers. For me, at this point in the day, that's the only price of interest to consider alongside trade. You know the routine, right of the vertical is today's activity. Here's a 15-minute chart, and this is pretty easy to see, and it's a pretty clear picture when you see what's going on. So the market gaps up. I'm willing to buy 370.76. It comes down, comes up short. The low was 371.05. And that was it. They turned around and took off in the other direction. Let me ask you this. The low was 371.05. Does that sound familiar? It should sound familiar. Why is that? Because that was the former high that we discussed before. Remember when I said they come back to run a test? They always come back to run a test of a former breakout area. Now, this one was on a very, very small scale because they really haven't got very far yet. But even on a micro scale, you see what happens to the penny. Let me ask you this. Are there any accidents or coincidences as it relates to the market? And the answer is no way. So net net, you see what happened. The market gapped up. It never really got very far in one direction or another. It didn't fill the gap. It made an attempt. It didn't even have enough mustard in the jar to get down to fill the gap. And then it floated higher the remainder of the day. Is there a big time trade in there? No. Is there any conviction in there? No. Is that the type of day the market handed us on this Thursday? Yes. You take what the market gives you and you move on. So therefore... You can guess what you're going to see in the rest of the notes. There's some learning stuff in here. There's some teachable moment stuff in here. There's some numbers in here. But guess what? The majority of the time, the market was floating around and there wasn't a lot going on. What I urge you to do is pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the charts where it's appropriate and double check the information. Double check the work. See if this is the kind of data, the kind of information, the kind of learning and teaching kind of stuff that you want to see during the trading day or at any point in time. Is this valuable to you? If it is, you might want to think about giving it a try. If it's not, you've already fast forwarded the video. Stocks on the move. Similar routine that happens when we have gap ups in the morning. There's limited opportunity. 
H-Z-N-P-A-U-P-H and P-L-A-Y. Those were three opportunities on the board. We're going to take a look at two of the charts. One didn't hit its number. Two were in the zone, hit their numbers. We're going to start with H-Z-N-P. We actually had three entries on the board on this one. That doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. I can make an equal case the same case I make when we have two entries, I can make an equal case for the third entry that the market could visit any one of those three numbers and they all should have the same effect. Well, when the market gaps below a certain number, we look to the next number below for support. That's what happened today. $70.18 was the only number left on the board by the opening bell. You can see what happened. They tried to find support there, but they just couldn't do it. They basically gave maybe a base hit, maybe just short, maybe just a few pennies short of what we like for a base hit. They gave that. I talked about it in the notes. You probably saw it as I'm scrolling through. And then they gave up the ghost. The reason they gave up the ghost is because I said I was going to hold half the position because if they got over the high of day, they would have run for a while. I don't know that they would have filled the gap, but they certainly would have run at least to the next important number or numbers. And that's why I wanted to hold if they got over or were able to pop over the high of day. Didn't happen. They never even got there. They fell back down. So this trade was basically a less than one percenter. Traders knew that if they came back in below the price of entry, that I was going to sell the position and get out. And that's pretty much what happened. How about AUPH? We can put this on the shitburger list. 1401 was the first entry. 1338 was the suggested second entry. By the time it got there, it's already eating time off the clock in a bearish, wedgish, bearish, flaggish formation. You don't want this trade at 1338. It was a stop out. The hourly stop out on this one was $13.21. Did I take a hit? Yes. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Any new revelations? It's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend. You know the rest. New highs. Nothing else to do. Everything about new highs we've already discussed. How about the VIX? We haven't talked about the VIX in a while. Here's something I want to make mention of. Here's a situation where the S&P is breaking out to new highs. Other markets are breaking out to new highs. Yet the VIX isn't breaking down to new lows. Why is that? Now keep in mind there's a difference between the VIX, which is what you're looking at here, and the VXX, which is what you're looking at here. Now it's still not at new lows, but it's closer to its lows than the actual VIX. Why is that? Because this really can't track the VIX dollar for dollar, penny for penny, because it's a derivative of a derivative of a derivative, and this product is really a piece of crap. You have to be right immediately when trading in the VIX. Otherwise, it kind of bleeds you to death. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Remember last night when we discussed the fact that this is my favorite canary in the coal mine, you have a breakdown candle from the 14th. Okay, fair enough. The market's in an uptrend. They just got back above the 20 period moving average, but they've been trading back and forth through the 20 period average for a few days. So it diminishes the importance of the 20 period moving average. However, above it, above all the moving averages, certainly a bullish tape. But at this point, we're not at new highs. That's of note. Puzzle piece on the table. Everything else seems to be at new highs. Why not the transports? I'll tell you why. Canary in the coal mine. They have to get above this breakdown candle that we keep discussing in order to get to new highs. Well, new highs are right around the corner. If they do that, the question is, 
Will they or won't they? It's very interesting what's going on here. It's making a bearish wedgish pattern. Are they going to gap above the high of the breakdown candle or are they still going to struggle near the high of the breakdown candle? Right now, they're running a test of the high of the breakdown candle. Where have we ever seen that before? We see it all the time. We see it over and over and over, which is why I bring it up all the time because I want you to see it over and over and over again so you have certain expectations of what a market or a chart should be doing and if it's not doing that certain thing that we expect it to do it should be doing something else and you should be able to recognize that so either way you should have a leg up on the competition what about the cues above 30350 anything wrong with the tape absolutely not new highs they've now got above it's breakdown candle high. So guess what? Second day in a row, they're on a breakout. But more importantly, what do these breakdown candles generally produce? They generally produce a move in the southern direction. Well, guess what? Where's that energy going right now? There's still the same energy there. Guess what? It's going up in the northern direction. That's what we're seeing here. Trend is your friend. New highs. Same story. XLF. Anything wrong with this tape? Absolutely not. What are they doing? Eating time off the clock. What's the destination? 30 bucks. We keep talking about it over and over because nothing has changed. When would that change? How about daily closes below 28.11? You do that and we'll take 30 off the table for the time being. How about Smash Mouth? What do we have? A second canary in the coal mine? We have to take notice when these things are present. Ever present, if you will. Similar to the folks down at the transportation department, we have a breakdown candle and they haven't got above the high of the breakdown candle. So they're running a test of it. Maybe they will get above the high. The trend is the dominant thing, that's for sure. But again, we have to be aware of what's going on are our leading markets. The SMH is really a leading market to the tech sector. The transports is a leading market across the entire equity markets. It always has been. Why is that? Because what's inside the transports is a gauge of the health of the economy. It's a long-term mechanism, but it's a great canary in the coal mine, and it's been working for a long, long time. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and very accurate information. I'm going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.